The thoughts, opinions, and general overall shade thrown on Hyatt 9 News are those of the individual speakers and not those of Hyatt 9 News, its audience, or its advertisers. The statements made do not constitute medical, legal, or financial advice. And for advice tailored to your specific situation, please consult with a licensed professional. Welcome to the Hyatt 9 News Hour, where you will hear from cannabis industry experts and professionals from around the country talk about important topics while shining light on global issues and discussing cannabis as it relates to politics, regulation and reform, data and technology, science, research and medicine, family and parenting, art, celebrities and entertainment, fitness, sports, mental health and wellness and plant-based medicines and entheogenics. Together, we are building a stronger community, fighting the stigma and creating change. With your hosts, Jason Beck and Rico Lamite, joined by special industry expert correspondents from around the country and daily antics brought to you by Cannabis. Coming to you live every Monday through Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific time and high noon on the East Coast. And thank you all for getting high at nine with us. Oh, yeah. Good morning, everybody. That's right. It is Tuesday, October 3rd, and today is National Techies Day, National Boyfriend Day. That's right. It's my day, you guys. It's also National Fruit at Work Day, World Temperance Day, and Todd, you know what today is? That's right. It is O.J. Simpson Day in Nevada. And, of course, it is also Smokey Vanilla's birthday, so we do want to wish Smokey Vanilla a very, very happy happy birthday today. Oh, uh, yeah. Birthday, so shout out to my daughter, Summer. Oh, man, and it's Summer. Turn up. Yes. Well, thank you for joining us and getting high at 9 with us. It's also high noon on the East Coast, and please remember to like, share, and subscribe to us on all social media platforms. Use that fancy little QR code right there in the top-hand corner of your screen to see where we live on the Internet. And we are live every Monday through Friday on YouTube, and we're also now streaming on Rumble, Twitch, Facebook, and Twitter. You can also watch us. As well as always, you can always stream us from our website at www.highatnightnews.com. But without further ado, we are going to kick it off. He's back. That's right. He's back in the building. He's feeling. He's kicking. That's right. He is the dope dad himself. It's Rico Lamite. When he's not laying up in bed, you can find him sitting up doing the news. That's right. It's none other than the dope dad himself. It is Rico Lamite. Give my applause. <laughs> I thought you said pause. There we go. <laughs> pause for applause. Appreciate it. So, uh, Jason, I'm glad you said I'm back and kicking because uh, we might talk about a little, little backpedaling, backflipping, black black flopping however you want to put it this uh today do you say black flopping on black flopping you know you oh boy if you want to oh boy uh, but um my stance has remained the same period but we're gonna be talking about the safe banking act or since the safe banking act was recently resurrected and rebranded as the quote-unquote safer banking act uh, we have heard several in favor speak out with their arguments as to why it should be passed uh what we haven't heard yet is reasoning from the big names in opposition to the measure. Uh, one of which is newcomer on the issue, uh, who my esteemed co-host Jason Beck and our Washington insider Gretchen Gailey have had no problem calling out several times for not uh, understanding how a pro-social equity 
representative could go against the grain on something they believe will help the very people he's blocking the bill from in the first place, Raphael Warnock. Well, Senator Warnock and other advocates are now speaking up on why they believe SAFER is not uh, what everybody thinks that it is and while they'll remain firmly against it. In short, their arguments sound very familiar to why folks have left on the left in opposition on the first million times safe banking failed and why it's going to fail again this time before. Um, the idea that the small and underprivileged will be excluded from any benefits businesses having broader access to the uh, banking industry will enjoy. And for the fear that America's $26 billion legal cannabis industry will be con consolidated into the hands of a few well-financed national players. Per the article, Democratic support's been centered around the idea that economic injustice reform for people, many of whom are minorities, uh, who have been incarcerated or otherwise negatively affected by the illegal and racist war on drugs in the U.S. Uh, that the U.S. chose to wage on black and brown communities over the last 50 years. Senator Warnock said that he was deeply troubled the committee was even voting on the bill at this time, asking his colleagues, why this bill and why now? He said he finds it a tragic irony that it's even being called safer banking bill. Um, he, these are his words. Who does this safer bill uh, make safer? Certainly not the millions of Americans locked up for nonviolent drug offenses since President Nixon declared war on drugs 50 years ago. Warnock went on uh, to argue that he'd only support safer if broader cannabis reforms were also included and the bill did not solely focus on the bankers and big businesses who could make money from the change. Bruce Barcott, author of Weed the People, uh, The Future of Legal Marijuana in America, and Shailene, Ty uh, Shailene Title, director of Farabola Center for Law and Policy, wrote in an op-ed that if the trend continues, cannabis industry might also soon resemble Americans, America's beer industry, a market dominated by a handful of global corporations with small businesses competing for an ever-shrinking slice of the pie. Congress and the White House don't need to reinvent the wheel. There are simple questions available. Small businesses could be allowed to engage in interstate commerce now before Amazon and before Philip Morris even get into the industry. They could be allowed to access to grants and loans. Even safer, a modest banking reform measure could give America's state-licensed, tax-paying, and law-abiding small cannabis companies a fair shot at success if it was amended to allow for SBA loans. Uh, so we're hearing a lot of the same arguments on both sides, just with different players now voicing their opinions. Uh, this leads me to the conclusion that I've had now for safe banking on two years going steady. No flip-flopping, Jason. <laughs> this whole safe banking or the new and improved safer banking, this whole thing ain't going to pass. It's a waste of time, and it's a distraction to minority-owned and small businesses that genuinely think its passage will help them out or the communities that they represent. It will help the industry as a whole, but despite what revisionist historians everywhere might want you to believe, trickle-down economics has never worked. SAFER is just another extension of failed conservative economic policies that have only hurt our communities in the past while pushing capitalism forward and leaving us behind to be seen by everybody as sore losers. But those are just my thoughts. I'd love to hear what everybody else thinks on this one. SAFER banking. Is it the same shit, different toilet? Or are Warnock and Shailene Title dead wrong on this one? I'm Rico Lamit, the dopest dad on the street. I had nine news.
Okay, they are not dead wrong. Obviously, the biggest elephant in the room is the fact that there's no social justice component of this bill. They're not wrong, but they're wrong to try to put it in this finance bill. Like, that's what COA is for. That's what these other bills are for. And the fact that this is the first time that we've heard from Warnock, like you mentioned, after two years of this bill trying to get passed, mm -hmm. um, I, I just, I am, I am concerned um, that this is his first time speaking up and and Warren right behind him backing him up um with his with with his, what he said on on Wednesday last week I'm concerned that they're not supporting the bill is not going to give us the numbers that we need to get safer passed um I'm <clears throat> I am an advocate of course social justice is important to me but I also serve right alongside of small business owners and brands that need Safer to pass in order for them to stay in business. If it goes another year without Safer, Black Buddha is not going to be. Those, those are my concerns. And that is a small Black minority-owned business that is in this space. So it won't just be the big guys that will benefit. And the big guys right now, they don't care about Safer. They've got enough money to, to, to last. It's not going to affect them like it is going to affect these smaller businesses. And yes, I want a social justice component to be brought up. I want them to talk about it. But I, I just know that if it gets put in this bill, and we need a majority of them to do this. I mean, hear, hearing hearing uh, Senator Warnock's uh, reasoning just goes to prove how uneducated he is in regards to this issue when he's making these types of arguments in regards to a finance bill. So I think I, like Ra I think I, hold on, hold on, hold on. I think I think what I think what Raphael Warnock. I think what Raphael Warnock needs to do is he needs to go back to his congregation and needs to go down on his knees and pray to God for a little bit of clarity so that he can understand the real issues that are going on in his community. Well, I think that's taking a step too far, but I don't, I think you're that's the expert a, on this. I, I, I would agree with Rico. I think, uh, just that that statement out of Jason was a bit much. That's Whatever. the only part I agree with Rico. Um, Whatever. as for Senator Warnock, um, I wholeheartedly agree with Nicole. And if this man really cared or knew anything about the issue, Maybe he would hang out for a hearing about safe banking. He might have stuck around for the markup to put out his bullshit, and all of a sudden he's woke on social justice. He wasn't there for the first hearing on uh, safe banking when they were looking mm -hmm. at amendments. Where the fuck was he then? Fuck this guy. I'm sorry. This pisses me off. Yeah. People who are showing up at the final hour because they want to grandstand. And again, this man has no cannabis businesses to answer to in his constituency. Why? Because Georgia can't fucking pass cannabis. So fuck him. Hold on. Do you fuck think this bullshit? Do you think... This is like men who argue that women should not have the right for abortion. Fuck you. You don't have a vote in this bullshit. Do you think Cory Booker talk to the actual cannabis businesses who are going to be impacted? Do you think Cory Booker put him up this to is this? That I missed. Yeah, I, I think. The, I'm, I'm sorry, it got me pissed. I think. I think. I think. I think I Cory Booker. I, I was 
to start working on my swearing too, and y'all just fuck that all. Oh up. man, I I think Cory Booker put put Raphael Warnock. He did that. I think I think I think Cory Booker put Raphael Warnock up to this because he does have constituents in his states that need safe banking, and then that way he doesn't have to be the grandstander and take the brunt of the burden. And Raphael Warnock can just be that sacrificial that, Jason, lamb. Because Cory Booker has become a co-sponsor of Safe. So I'm, that's what I'm saying. I, that, that, that's my point. They've switched. They've switched. Raphael Warnock taking Cory's book. Exactly. Uh, Cory Booker's. That's exactly what I'm saying. Yeah, Thank you, Rico. The exact same mm -hmm. Cory Booker took. Exactly. Initially, yeah, when when y'all start like, to know will, how Washington works, then you can call me. I'm tired of having arguments with people who don't know Dick. What's next? Cory Booker came out and said, I will not. I will not pass for this bill at all until it until it includes xyz and then just after they couldn't do nothing else and then he, he became back out educated and, back and out informed by the smaller businesses who said so, we need this that is why cory so booker has yeah. come around on this so is Not your prediction because, right. that Raphael warnock will, will do the same thing no that uh cory mm. booker did initially i don't will he be what you think he's gonna make a, a full turn in like a month i doubt it Guys, when your state passes any kind of cannabis laws, and then you really get to know how much people are willing to spend and give money and like donate, you know, whatever, then you turn into a yeah. fan. That's just mm -hmm. let's say what it is. You Politics know? in America, baby. What are you guys expecting? <laughs> really? In America. <laughs> That's right. It's... It hasn't been legal in Georgia long enough. There's no businesses except truly. Oh, there's, oh, there's only plenty. big business oh, no, no, in Georgia no. right now. Let me, let me, no. No, let me uh, let me educate you. When in the battle for a license, a lot of people come out of the woodworks. Let's just put it that way. And you know they have licensed, you know, cannabis businesses there that they've granted licensure to. And as we know, in the politically windy places such as the you know South, like Georgia, there's going to be a lot of uh, you know backdoor deals. Let's just put it that way. And I bet you just in the South, huh? And I. Hey, well, no, I'm saying everywhere, but especially, you know, places like that. Yeah, sure. Um, you know, Warnock's definitely been on the receiving end of some love. And so now he's, you know, changing his tune. Simple. It's economics. It's, you know, supply and demand. And it's quid pro quo. And he has something they want. And right. they, you know, they have something that he he has. So there it is. Well, well in, in absence of Raphael Warnock, if Herschel Walker were in place right here, <laughs> what would Herschel Walker have what, what would he have said about safe banking? He'd be supporting safe banking. Say, uh, He'd be supporting boy. safe banking. He'd be like, we're going to get a touchdown with this. Pull-ups for banking or something. Like no, that. he's going to – touchdown, bro. Touchdown, bro. That's it. Let's get it across the line. Let's score. Let's score some points. Let's get some points on the board. But we we got to go. We got to keep it moving. Would he pay for the abortion of safe banking? Oh, God. We got to keep it moving. We're going to go to a commercial. We're going to be right back. Relying on 25 years of commercial hydroponic experience, King Solomon Nutrients has engineered the best liquid and dry fertilizer products for cannabis that preserves the crop, the soil, and the environment. Through relentless passion, research, and innovation, King Solomon has developed simplified cannabis crop nutrition you can trust. It was created for farmers by farmers. Don't mess around. Try the crown. He is the industry's longest continuously operating retailer in the game. Known for smoking the best weed in the world and walking around downtown and asking people questions about weed. 
Coming to the stage next, y'all know who it is. My partner in crime, Jason Beck. Oh, yeah. Good morning, Rico. Good morning, everybody. Gretchen's all fired up today. Man, yeah, you know what? My, my my story kind of kind of dovetails a little bit off of your story because I feel as though that this story is just too little, too late. But I want to hear what you guys have to say in regards to. A Colorado agency awards the first loans for marijuana social equity businesses. Colorado marijuana transport company IDY distributors and retailer Simply Pure are the first recipients of funding from the state's cannabis business loan program. The program awards loans ranging from $50,000 to $150,000 to social equity licensees who often face barriers to raising capital, according to a news release. The loans were awarded to the two Denver-based companies by the state cannabis business office, which was established in July of 2021. The agency is an arm of the Colorado Office of Economic Development and International Trade, OEDIT. IDY plans to use the loan to expand its offerings to include uh, warehousing and retail order fulfillment. Simply Pure, Simply Pure, founded by Colorado cannabis pioneer Wanda James, will use the loan to grow its digital marketing presence, remodel the store's exterior, and launch delivery services with social equity licenses, Puff Pass. Those investments could grow revenue by $20,000 to $30,000 per month, according to the state's release. And in a quote, small businesses are an engine of Colorado's economy, and we are thrilled to promote greater equity in the cannabis industry while making it easier for these businesses to grow. OEDIT Executive Director Eve Lieberman said in a statement, and they also said, by expanding operations and adding new services, they will be poised to increase revenues, improve the longevity of their business, and create new jobs. I don't know about all this. I'm very, very skeptical of this. Colorado doing social equity loans from the government. I don't know, but this is Jason Beck, and this is the High at Nine News Hour. What do you all think about this? Sounds good. What are you skeptical about right? I I mean, I'm very skeptical on this. They're doing calling it a social equity loan. I mean, these should be grants or some tax credits or something like that. I, I wonder if these businesses are going to be able to pay it back because the Colorado market is just going lower and lower and lower. That's right. Well, wasn't it wasn't it, wasn't it initially supposed to be just? That's what I thought, Rico. That's what I thought too, bro. I what happened to, yeah, what happened to that fifty million dollars? I know that in the two fifty that we were talking about in uh, uh, or two hundred that we were talking about in New York. But uh, what happened to that fifty million dollars that was supposed to be going to uh, um, um, to all of the social equity applicants and everything as they started up this whole thing? Well, well, well. It seems like the bureaucrats had other plans for that fifty million. Another bait. Uh-huh. Another another squandering deal. I you know this is my home state and sad. It's very sad. Um, you know I'm happy for Wanda James. You know simply pure respect. You know they're you know they're definitely on the forefront um, of the social equity market in Colorado and have been for a long time. But I, I I just you know I don't see this as a really a really beneficial thing for a you know, another, just a vulture scheme to, to, you know, drain these businesses of valuable revenues that are just shrinking every day. It's, it's kind of sad. It's like what the banks do with us and uh, the credit system. So now they're just expanding that 
to, you know, an already hurting, um, I don't want to say fledgling yet. I mean, some people are still doing good business in Colorado. It just like, isn't as, you know, isn't as, um, you know, banging as it used to be. And obviously the prices are, you know, not what they used to be all around the board, but, um, you know, this is just, this is just more of a, of just a, a, just a distraction, you know, the, to take our focus off of the fact that like, you know, the traditional market is still killing the regulated market because of these taxes and because of, um, you know, the increasing, you know, barriers of, uh, of entry into a lot of these markets. So I don't know, this whole thing is just, it's too little, too late. Just like you said, Jason, Mm -hmm. a little too late. Yeah. My thing is, this is 11 years after adult use was legalized in Colorado. And so when did they decide that they were going to get, they going to give these loans out to social equity people? Like, nine, did nine they years. decide that 11 years ago? And no, them? no, no. They just recently started doing this. This is brand new. This is like the year at the most, year, two nine, years at the most. A little too late. What, yeah. What, how, when is it too late, right? Doesn't it set a nice precedent for the rest of the country to start we, jumping in on these? On the deadest market? On the deadest market of them all? Now? So they shouldn't do anything? You, you guys just fuck it? Yeah. I mean, it's not, it's not like people are traveling to Colorado anymore to go buy cannabis. You and no, but, but the reality is Todd, you can go get a loan right now. It's just not favorable term. That's what I'm saying. Like, do you want to go get a credit card for your cannabis business and spend, you know, 18%, you know, uh, uh, you know, percentage on, on the money you're, you're borrowing, you know, or is this something that they, the government should say, Hey, like, you know, you're doing, you're starting a business. We know it's, you know, financially distressing and we're going to, we, we have a grant, we have a fund that we have of whatever monies. And I mean, look, I mean, you like it or not, that's, they're spending money on a lot of worse things. Like they could actually help businesses. I think that's a good thing. That's a positive uh, thing that they can do with the money that they're generating is the government. But um, yeah, I mean, that's not what it is. It's, it's, here's a, here's a, you know, treacherous, uh, treacherous you know uh loan with strings attached and you have to pay us back mm-hmm. that's not that's not no one no one needs that i don't i'd rather not pay the government more money right but if you were going to open any business right you would go get a loan you would you know pay it back you would I'm be saying. part of your whole business model right oh mm-hmm. and uh, the government just give money uh, uh money away i'm not in that line Right. Where does that line start? <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I wonder. Come up with money to open a uh, open a. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. I, I wonder. I wonder if this is going to be the start of more lawsuits because uh, Jax, who actually lives in Colorado, also just threw in there. She says we have way too many licenses issued out here. Period. And so I wonder if some of these other businesses are going to file lawsuits against the state for giving these businesses a, a, a upper upper hand in regards to providing them with financing. According to you guys, it's not an upper hand. It's too little, too late. It is too little, too late. But I'm, there's, it's still an upper hand if you're, if you have one business that's getting grant uh, government money and it's not giving it to another. It's government loan money. Anybody can go get government. No, no, you're not. No, not anyone can go and get this. That's not true. You have to qualify. Exactly. Right. So exactly. So anyone could go get loan money, <laughs> right? Um, if you have the collateral. Mm-hmm. You have any thoughts on this, Gretchen? Uh, well, 
I have something my I don't know of if course it, you do. Come on, Gretchen. On, on we want to see. I don't know. Um but and <laughs> I love I love Wanda James, but I'm want does she need a loan? That's I what thought, I, I thought thank Simply you. Pure was doing good. Exactly. I, am I crazy? I mean, she's not I mean, she's hosting I'm fundraisers not, for the bad. Obamas and you know, down hey, free hey. money from the government, but it doesn't sound like it's free money. Hey, so why hey, are you that, doing that, that's my that's my question. What would Wanda money, say right. in this in this situation? I, I'm just Ooh, wondering Wanda what are the qualifications know, for this? Do, do you have to show a certain need to get this loan or what? I, I don't know. Yeah, we don't know what the stipulations Social equity are. equity can't be defined anywhere, right? It's different well, definitions. Mm -hmm. H.G. Fredrickson. Yeah, H.G. Fredrickson, a white man right. in Idaho. That's where it became a thing, 1968. Do you, do your research on social equity as a term was created by a white man in Idaho, 1968, as a marketing buzz term. Mm -hmm. It has no real, it has no real definition, and that's why whenever I hear social equity even spoken by any of these legislators and everything, I'm just like, so, yo, this is a distraction. It's a distraction. It's not so Wanda James's um, brother went to prison for cannabis, um, yeah. and so I know that. Um, in some states, they say if you can prove that you or a direct family member was affected by the prohibition of cannabis, that qualifies you right. as social equity. Um, and so we know her as a businesswoman, um, and and so she might not have actually gone to prison or have a record, but family I, members do. Yeah, so that might her as I just I just I, don't. I was a lot I, I was a lot more bullish on this bill before they called it social equity because before it was a minority disparagement. Uh, a, a stopgap measure to support businesses, period. It did not say anything about social equity, but they, they said their intent was to actually support the, the Black-owned businesses that did not have a chance to even enter the Colorado cannabis market. Uh, but now they're just explicitly calling it social equity, and they're explicitly calling it a loan towards uh, equity candidates in Colorado. And that's why I'm like, I have a lot of pause with it now because – now you're lumping in 10 years late, lumping in the same arguments that have hampered social equity in other states. Very, very true. And on that, we're going to keep this train moving because we know how Gretchen is about time. That's right. She's the feisty redheaded conservative that loves to keep us on a ticker. That's right. That's right. It is none other than the Miss Gretchen Gailey. Good that applause, Adam. afternoon. There should be applause. There yes, go. Adam, what are you waiting on? <laughs> All right, let's go. Uh, a headline. Lawyer is suing the feds for a copy of the Biden administration's marijuana rescheduling letter. A federal lawsuit is stepping up pressure on the U.S. Health and Human Services Department to release a letter at the center of the Biden administration's recent recommendation that the DEA reschedule marijuana. A complaint filed Friday in U.S. District Court in Washington, D.C. by attorney Matthew Zorn said the letter has become an item of public interest and asked the court to compel HHS to release what the suit calls improperly held agency records. The existence of the ostensible rescheduling recommendation letter from HHS Assistant Secretary for Health Rachel Levine to DEA Administrator Ann Milgram was referenced in an August 30th report by Bloomberg News, though it has not yet been made public. The same day that article was published, an HHS spokesperson confirmed to Marijuana Moment that the department provided its scheduling recommendation for marijuana to the DEA on August 29, 2023. 
The day the news broke, plaintiff Zorn filed a Freedom of Information Act request through an HHS online portal seeking to obtain the reference letter. His lawsuit alleges the department has failed to respond to that request in a timely manner in accordance with the law. HHS has not produced the requested record and did not make a timely determination within 20 days, the complaint alleges in a series of brief paragraphs. The plaintiff requested expedited treatment, HHS did not make a timely determination on expedited treatment, and plaintiff seeks court ordering HHS to produce the requested record to plaintiff. Zorn's suit asked the judge to force HHS to expedite his request and direct the department to immediately produce the requested record. It notes that Zorn intends to post it on the internet for free on his Substack website where he first announced the new lawsuit. Despite a slew of news coverage and industry commentary on the potential for rescheduling marijuana to Schedule 3 under the Controlled Substances Act, <clears throat> no one outside the government and Bloomberg News seems to have obtained or even glimpsed the rescheduling recommendation. This document is one of the most important documents from a government standpoint, and it doesn't seem like anyone is fighting for it, Zorn told Marijuana Moment. While he said he's aware some journalists who are seeking it I'm not aware of the cannabis industry doing anything to make the letter public. Marijuana Moment filed its own FOIA request following the first report on the letter's existence. While Zorn acknowledged that typically the rescheduling process happens internally, he said the government invited public interest when HHS Secretary Becerra confirmed news reports through a social media post at exactly 4.20 p.m. Since then, Zorn noted industry groups, investors, and advocates have scrambled to make sense of the implications of the proposed change. He said he was shocked how much speculation has occurred over a document that so few have seen. You have senators that are putting forward legislation to block this. You have the Congressional Research Service. Like, for the life of me, I've never seen so many people write about something they haven't seen. To understand what can happen from here, you need to understand what were the reasons HHS came to the conclusion. Outside the cannabis space, I don't know what the other companies would be okay with something like this. You hear about this momentous event, and they just completely blindfold themselves. Because HHS is recommending for the first time that marijuana be removed from Schedule 1, Zorn reasoned, you know, as a matter of fact, there has to be something new from a legal standpoint in that document. Because you know in the past, like every time that this issue has come up, both HHS and DEA have said, no accepted medical use. He said he agreed with a point of criticism from Kevin Sabet, the leader of the prohibitionist group Smart Approaches to Marijuana. Sabet was like, this isn't what a serious process looks like. I even, like, retweeted this tweet. This isn't what a serious process looks like. I mean, if this were based on the data and science, show us the data and science, right? Don't show us tweets and PR stuff and everything. Honestly, nobody said that the administration had to go basically make this a public process, but once they chose to make this a public process, I think it owes the public more. I wholeheartedly agree with uh, Mr. Zorn. Produce the fucking letter if there is one and produce the research behind why they decided to make this decision so the industry can be better informed on moving forward with this process. This is Gretchen for Hyde 9 News. Yeah, Touché, I get an applause. Gretchen, Let's get an applause on that, Adam. Wake up. Applause. Thank you. Yeah. Where's Matt? Where's Matt Gates How, when you I, need what him? What blows my mind? Where, what blows my mind is for the last month and a half that we have been guessing about where what this letter says. Nobody's actually seen the letter. The letter and doesn't so exist. So all this conversation around oh, it's going to be scheduled. 
whatever. We, if it does exist, we haven't seen it to prove that. All we know is based on what the HHS has said, whether that they sent a letter. And my concern is if we are debating on whether or not it's going to be a Schedule 3 or Schedule 2 or Schedule 4 or Schedule 5, and none of us know because we haven't seen the letter to see what their recommendation was or is besides take it out of a Schedule 1, then we are chasing our tails. There's there's no way to plan or execute a plan to either go against what they're recommending or make a better recommendation if we don't know what the letter says. And so it just blows my mind that the, for the last not, 60 days almost, is it, the letter says. And no there, there's no letter. There's no letter, Nicole. This letter does not exist. Just, yeah, just okay. like there's no evidence against against Joe Biden for impeachment. There's tons of evidence against Joe Biden for impeachment. Tons, tons. Okay. Cool. So that's, that's a matter really, of yeah. You actually seen it, or I've you just it. heard about? I've it. seen it. I've seen this it. This has to seen... be. Let's see the science. I would love to know what they are considering. Why cannabis yeah. now they're considering has acceptable medical reasons? Benefit. I mean, come on. It's it, yeah, one hundred percent. We should see it. And when That's this whole process for the last 30 years and when and when this thing actually goes down, uh, there will be a hearing, uh, there will be a comment period. And it would be nice if the industry could be prepared for that before it actually happens. And we could do that if we could see what the reasoning is. Industry is not going to be prepared no matter what information that they get, because yeah. <laughs> it's just not realistic. They're not going to be prepared for any any form of rescheduling. I am not talking not about actual implementation. For. I'm talking about preparation for the arguments when hearings come up, when there is a comment period. They're not scrambling at the last second to figure out what I'm going to argue for or against. Give us time right. to be prepared. There is a process. Jason Beck, I know you don't I, believe I, I, in process, I agree that there is a process. or facts or anything. I only I only spit facts, so I, I get it, Gretchen. I'm with you. Jason, more about email than facts. <laughs> and, and and on that, the modern man. Oh man, on, on that, on that, on that. Thank you, Gretchen. We're gonna go to a commercial. We're gonna be right back. The control tower from Highly Educated has perfected the dab. Utilizing the concept of thin film evaporation, you can waste none of it and taste all of it. The micro texture of the SE pillar increases nucleation at elevated temperatures and. With the tower propelling at 2,600 RPMs, it's certainly the most efficient dab experience to date. The Control Tower from Highly Educated. Oh, yeah. Stop whatever you're doing. Make sure you hit that like button. I know we'd appreciate it. YouTube will appreciate it, too. And you will probably appreciate it as well. Also, too, make sure you hit subscribe if you haven't subscribed to the channel already. We really appreciate that. Make sure you hit that little notification bell so you know when we go on every morning. And, of course, you can read all the stories that we cover today at our website at www.hyadninenews.com. Make sure you head over there today. How's it going, guys? Saman Razani coming to you from Green Street here with Jason Beck smoking on the best weed in the world. Did you know that we have an audio-only version of our podcast available on Apple, Google, Amazon, iHeartRadio, and Spotify? Tune in now and check it out. Coming up next is the National Community Director, Program Director at M4MM, Power 88 in Las Vegas' friendly neighborhood in Cyclowedia on Wednesday mornings, and the greatest ambassador of Purple Hair Matter.
Nicole Buffon, what you got for us today? Give her that applause, Adam. Break off the Thank you so much, Rico. I really do miss seeing your face. Um, and good morning uh, to my cannabis fam out there. Uh, my story comes out of South Africa. Um, there are some new cannabis laws coming to South Africa uh, very soon here. Um, the Portfolio Committee on Justice and Correctional Services has again opened the Cannabis for Private Purposes Bill for public comment. Um, the amendments relate specifically to children under 18 years of age. The committee is looking for alternative solutions in addressing the matters of the prohibited use, possession, and cultivation of or dealing of cannabis to children with the best interest of the child kept in mind. The committee has suggested amendments to the Children's Act of 2005 the Prevention of Treatment from Substance Abuse Act of 2008, or other relevant legislation outside the criminal justice system. This marks yet another public consultation process for the bill, which has been before the National Assembly since September of 2020. You thought that it took a long time for us to get shit done here. They've been working on this for three years. Following widespread consultations and a slow legislative process, the National Assembly granted the portfolio an extension of inquiries into the bill in February of this year. Amendments to the bill are due to a high court ruling in 2017, which ruled that several sections of the Drugs Act and Drug Trafficking Act are unconstitutional. The Constitutional Court then seeks to allow for the cultivation of a stipula stipulated quantity of cannabis plants, possession of a prescribed amount of cannabis and the use of cannabis. It also aims to expunge the criminal records of those convicted of possessing or permit for commercial activities involving cannabis. Studies have shown that South Africa can benefit from the cultivation and export of cannabis with the medical medicinal applications alone, having the ability to contribute over 100 billion in rubles a year to the economy, creating over 100,000 jobs in the process. However, despite promises by President um, Ramaphosa, at both the 2022 and 2023 State of the Nation addresses to create a fully-fledged cannabis industry, little progress has been made amid confusing laws and sluggish moves to build the industry. Opera's review for the second quarter of the year, which looks at the president's promised reforms, the cannabis industry has where reforms still face significant headwinds. Um, thus said not to expect anything regards to submit comments on um, for private purposes, Bill can do so by emailing um, the government by Friday 13th. Um, decided that they are reviewing this bill again and that they're opening it up for public comment. But obviously their concern is the fact that people are still getting arrested. And so the, there, was a, there was a letter that was sent from the government to police officials in South Africa about a month ago um, stating that they need to uh, stop arresting people um, and, and make a public apology for the previous arrest that has happened since this law came into play in 2022. So, or I'm sorry, in 2020. Um, and so what is, what is going to be interesting is to watch how this all plays out. Um, but if you know someone in South Africa that 
is not informed yet, if, if you're touching anybody on the ground there, then make sure that they have this in making any public comments to the government there, because this process takes a while. And so we want to make sure that the right information is getting to the people so that they come forth and present that right information to the government. So I'd love to hear what my colleagues think about this story. This is Nicole Buffon reporting for Highland. Man, oh man, I wonder what man. Elon Musk thinks about all this. Elon Musk thinks. Is he actual South African? He's citizen? actual South African. Yeah, that's where he was born. That's why he can't. That's why he can't run for president. That's right. You know, because his uh, his uh, blood diamond daddy. Oh, Darn. And, uh, Stop it! Stop it! Did you hear You're his comments on the border out. yesterday? Oh, let's let the good people in and keep the bad people out. Seriously, it's like the Trump school of speech. I was like, what the fuck, <laughs> Elon? Come on. Anyway, he stays, stays in the comment section too often. Too, he's got. He's been affected by the comments. I mean, I mean. Uh, well, Lord. we know that um, there was. There's there's a story that Simon is going to be bringing up about what happened in Jamaica, but recently in South Africa, about two weeks ago, there was a group of students that were poisoned by cannabis uh, paraphernalia, by cannabis edibles, supposedly. Um, and so my concern is that things like that keep coming back, um, keep coming up, this type of propaganda against cannabis. Um, a apparently, the, the edibles that were found in those by those South African students were space cakes um, that... Space cakes come from Amsterdam. All, that had California. Just because so, it, it had California labels doesn't mean it's from California. So my, my concern, it doesn't mean it was um, even made in California. Um, and so my that's my concern, that there are still stories like this. This happened just two weeks ago. There, it, it was a bunch of students, school students, 90 of them, that were poisoned by cannabis edibles. Um, and, and so the, things like this, getting out into the news right before you have public comment that opens it up for the public to recommend, make recommendations on legalization or um, regulations when it comes to cannabis, um, it, it, the cannabis industry in the country. These type of things concern me because we don't know where these stories are coming from or where even these space cakes came from um, that poisoned these kids. Oh, man, oh, man, man, oh, man, oh, man. You have any thought? Oh, we have Brandon, the king of the hill. Stepping in, came fresh off the mountain. Let's go. Yeah. Let's go. <laughs> we have any thoughts on this South Africa, Brandon? I mean, it, it sounds pretty sus. You know, sounds 90, pretty 90 sus. kids is like a lot to be sus, poisoned. Sus, Afri sus Africa? Yeah. I mean, that's, <laughs> that's a lot. I mean, it, and, you know, how did it get there? Where did the packaging come from? This is a lot of... Lot of yeah. And spa space cakes have always been an Amsterdam thing. And so... Um, I. You know, I, I've never seen any space cake sold in in retail, in retail California. Well, uh, never heard. Well, of the, it. Uh, uh, well, well, the the, the Dutch um, have uh, quite a history with South yes. Africa as well. Do they not? They do. They do, and they yeah. have quite a history selling space cakes. And you know, to be honest, the the CA symbol right there is a big issue. Um, it's you know, California products are sought worldwide. So you know, just the uh, desire to put that on a product and put that on a package is a big deal. Mm -hmm. They made it actually a um, they started pushing it last year is uh, making it illegal to actually put that on a package that's not going to be in circulation in California market. So um, I don't know how they're enforcing that across the you know globe. Espe or hold on, especially especially when they only have jurisdiction inside California and they're trying to say that it's 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 illegal if you're doing it anywhere else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you own that symbol, right? Yeah. Oh boy, these yeah. guys, such jokers, such jokers. Mm.
Any thoughts on this, Gretchen? I leave the South African expertise up to a beautiful goddess of purple plant magic. Purple not my plant domain. Magic. Not your, not it your just, area. It just sounds like more and more and more. It looks like we're headed into another uh, another era of apartheid. I guess I guess apartheid. Gretchen I guess Gretchen doesn't want to com comment on this because she's not a fairer registrant. I'm not a what? A fairer registrant. It's just because Gretchen wants yeah. just wants uh, yeah. to, to denounce her colonialism roots. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> oh, I would man. love to talk with any of you about my family history. Bring it on, mm -hmm. as Ken McCarthy would say, for all you pussies out there who think you can just fuck with people. Oh, <laughs> Is that what Kevin McCarthy said? Bring it on, Matt. You a pussy, a pussy ass Matt Gates? Matt Gates? Is that what Kevin Matt McCarthy Gates said? Matt Gates loving people. Yes. Matt Gates is the man. He's the real true Bring patriot for he's our an country. Idiot. Oh man, he's gonna be the next governor Back. of Florida too. But fucking yeah, that is so pathetic. Oh, oh yeah, probably so pathetic. with those freak shows down <laughs> the, there. The great state, the great free state of Florida. But nonetheless, we God. gotta go hop right over to the great state of Nevada, where we're gonna step right on into Mr. Todd Dankin. He's the voice and the founder of Digipath Labs in Las Vegas, Nevada, as well as the Smuggleverse, where you can buy all of your digital trees. That's right. It is none other than the Mr. Todd Dankin. Ooh. Thank you, uh, you applause, Adam. There we go. Adam. Adam. Come on, Adam. On applause. Adam. I can do my own applause. Okay. It's all right. It's all right. He's... I got a mixer, too. I could do my own applause. Listen. Oh, nice. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Celebrate your own damn self. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. And happy birthday, Summer. Uh, my daughter. Oh, uh, more, more uh, government are stopping testing for cannabis. Michigan drug testing for pot ends most government employees. Uh, this is a, an article out of High Times. Uh, most government jobs in Michigan will stop drug testing prospective employees for cannabis. A rule that uh, rule change that took effect on Sunday. The changes also provide people who've already been denied jobs or positive THC drug tests an opportunity to get the sanctions retroactively rescinded. The rule change was first proposed to the Michigan Civil Service Commission by John Nodke, personnel director, on May 12th. At July 12th meeting, the Michigan Civil Service Commission approved the proposed new change and adopted rule amendments to allow rescinding active sanctions for some applicants tested positive for cannabis in drug tests since 2020. Amended rule reads, quote, A drug test is required, and appointing authority shall require testing for marijuana, cocaine, opiates, amphetamines, fencyclidine, uh, except that marijuana testing is not authorized for a pre-employment drug test for a new hire to a position that is not test designated and cannot be used to rescind a conditional offer of employment to such a position. For if an agency requires testing for other drugs, it must first obtain written approval from the director. A request must include the agency's proposed initial test methods, testing levels, and performance test program. When conducting reasonable suspicion or post-accident testing, Agency may require testing for any drug listed in Schedule 1 or 2. Commissioner Nick Ciamiatro, no, I said that wrong, Sierra Matero, said the change is needed to comply with Michigan's adult use 
cannabis statute, which was approved via statewide ballot measure in 2018. Voters also legalized medical cannabis 10 years earlier with the approval of the state's 2008 ballot proposal. Commissioner told MLive, whether or not we agree with it or not is kind of beyond the point. Use of marijuana on the job is different than having used it months before you take the test. It doesn't make sense to limit our ability to acquire to hire qualified people because they took a gummy two weeks ago. Michigan residents made the decisions to treat marijuana, recreational marijuana, much like alcohol, said Commission Chair Jace Bolger. Years ago, Michigan Attorney General Dana Nessel sent a legal opinion to Michigan's Unemployment Insurance Appeals Commission, which argued that employees fired from their jobs for cannabis use outside the workplace are technically still eligible for unemployment benefits per state law. Said marijuana was not used on the job or on the employer's premises, nor did it impair the employer employee during work hours. People spoke... Li- loud and clear when they voted to in uh, 2018 to legalize marijuana once and for all. Nobody over 21 can be penalized or denied any right or privilege solely for legally using marijuana. Employers cannot control their employees' private lives by calling the legal use of marijuana outside of work misconduct. This arguments appears to stand and go beyond unemployment benefits. Major reason to update drug testing policies it's utter failure in deterring job candidates from refraining from smoking. All drug tests for THC hit an all-time high just months ago, according to one analysis. According to Quest Diagnosis Drug Testing Index analysis that was published on May 18th, post-accident workplace drug testing hit an all-time high in 2022. Last year, 7.3% workforce drug urine samples contained cannabis comparison to only 6.7% in 2021. This diagnosis states that it has recorded a steady rise in post-accident cannabis positivity since 2012, with a 204.2% increase in workers testing positive for cannabis over the last 10 years between 2002 and 2009, post-accident positive test results had decreased. The report indicates that cannabis was the primary reason that workers' drug tests have been positive, but other substances such as amphetamines has also contributed to the increase, cannabis increasing by 10.3% and amphetamines increasing by 15.4%. In 2022, the most common industries that saw a rise in positive workplace drug tests were accommodation and food services at 7%, retail trade at 7.7%, and finance and insurance. 3.6%. In September 2022, New Jersey regulators issued employment guidance for cannabis rules in the workplace, which is meant to support employers' rights to create and maintain safe work environments to affirm employees' rights due process. This are taking place at the federal level as well. In February 2021, here you go. Biden administration announced a new policy would allow applicants to be hired even if they had previously consumed cannabis. I quote the policy from the White House. White House's policy will maintain the absolute highest standards for service and government the president expects from his administration, while acknowledging the reality that state and local marijuana laws have changed significantly across the country in recent years. Well, Todd Dankin with Hyatt 9 News. Should testing for pot just go away completely? 
think it should. I mean, then you'd be out of yes. a job, Todd. No. Okay. I'd be out of a job? Yeah. Oh, we don't test for pot. We test pot okay. for safety and, and, <laughs> and potency. We don't, we're not testing pee. We're testing pot. <laughs> He's not for the people. He is the people. That's right. <laughs> I mean, now I think, yes, of course, testing, testing people for marijuana, you should uh, absolutely be out the door. Um, there's no way to test to determine if you are intoxicated at the time that you are at work, um, unfortunately, or like at the time that you are driving um, to test for impairment because cannabis stays in your system for 30 days. Mm -hmm. But I absolutely think that it should be treated like alcohol. If you're not doing it while you're at work, then it should be fine. Well, and not you to know, mention if, if if you're at work, let's let answer answer me this. If you're at work and say you have a back injury and you have to take some kind of Percocet or pain yeah. pill or right. something, or right. you have allergies right. and you have to take an allergy pill, or you have yep. some other ailment where you take a regular dose of medication to get you through the day, is that okay? Right. Or is it well, just pot that's not okay? Thank you, Ty. No, thank you're, you you're making, absolutely making right. That, that is a valid point. That that is a that is a valid point because well, um, there is nobody it? saying that you can't take a opioid while you're at work. That's right. You do realize well, you'd rather have somebody or... operating heavy machinery, uh, you know, like, like strung out on the perks. Or would you rather have them mellowed out on some THC pills? You do realize that's THC. against that's against the California labor code, right? Because you're allowed to be able to cons to drink one beer on your lunch break. And so, therefore, the equivalent of that would, in essence, be one joint. One joint. Yes. And so, therefore, one joint you, rule. Therefore, oh, legally, yeah. we need to we need to propose a bill. Yeah, we need can, to, we, can we, we need can to, help us in doing that, uh, Gretchen? One joint propose rule. a bill. Yes. One joint. One yep. joint for every employee. For every for every if four it's a hours big, of work. Let's have a big well, cigar. Every joint. Yeah, I was going to say, how do they quantify shift. that? How do they quantify that? Uh, all, one joint all, for every shift. On how big you roll, bro? Diameter. There's a diameter that it can be. I, my lunch break's oh, this gotcha. long, so I got to make sure it's sized just right. right? You see, see what so, I'm saying? You need XL? You need some XLs with this? <laughs> Lordy. That's it, Gretchen. It's, like a, shot, it's like a shot and a I'm beer. I'm so grateful that like I get a shot and a beer. We'll I'm call so grateful that I get to smoke on the job because I'm on my job right now. And so I'm grateful that you know nobody's checking yeah. whether or not. Amazing. Amazing. Checking. Look at that. Checking. I'm going to check and make sure you are smoking. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Hell yeah. <laughs> well, well, in, in the right. spirit of keeping keep it on time and uh, appeasing a uh, 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 mother time here with us today. Mother time. There's no appeasing. <laughs> We're a one hour show. F you people. Let's mother actually time. do an hour. Mother time. Mother time. That's awesome. mother time doesn't have to be here. Fuck you people. <laughs> We love you, Gretchen, and you know you know that I'm I'm glad to be back. I'm glad that you're here, giving us all the mm -hmm. spice that we need on top about mm -hmm. it Tuesday. You're just eating into right. Saman's yep. time, but keep going. It's all good. Up next, he's a patient advocate, 15 year industry vet, award winning solvent extraction pioneer, currently focused on helping menopausal women say hello hi again. But above all else, he he is a dope daddy. Bringing us home today, Saman Razani. Give him a round of applause, y'all. Give him a round. Of applause. Thank you, thank you. Salute, salute to all, everyone out there, the fans. Salute to third gen family, Brandon. Respect. Um, you know, we had we we there. There's been a lot of fun stuff in the news. I was at PuffCon, saw you. Uh, you know, afterwards. So you know, I'm sure we're gonna get to that. I'll quickly read through the the news from Jamaica. 
and some children hospitalized after eating the ganja. And uh, apparently, apparently, we got some, we got some, you know, some rules that they got to follow uh, with the cannabis out there when we make these new products. Uh, so this one's coming from um, BBC News. More than 60 children have been taken to the hospital in Jamaica after eating sweets containing cannabis, the country's first education minister said. Faval Williams wrote on X, formerly Twitter, that the primary school pupils were from the St. Anne's Bay Area, about 80 kilometers from the capital, Kingston. She said some children experienced vomiting and (laughs) and hallucinations. I bet they did. Uh, none are reported to be in serious condition. The doctors and nurses are all doing all they can to ensure the students recover, Miss Williams wrote on X, adding that several of the children had to be put on intravenous IV drips. One little boy said he, he only had one sweetie. That's how potent this product is. Danger. Ms. Williams said the children were all from St. Anne's Bay Primary, but local news agencies have reported that students from a nearby Ocho Rios Primary School were affected. The children are thought to be between the ages of 7 and 12. The principal of the, later, of the latter school told the Jamaica Observer uh, that, the lone, that a lone vendor had some sweets, uh, sold some sweets to his, to his students. The head of St. Anne, Anne's Police Department, Senior Superintendent Dwight Powell, has urged the person or anyone with has urged any person or anyone with any information about uh, about this incident to contact them uh, directly. Ms. Williams posted photos of the product packaging, which is thought to have contained the sweets, which specifies that they are not to be sold to minors. Each is said to contain 100 milligrams of psychoactive substance delta-8 tetrahydrocannabinol, which is generally considered to be a high dose for an adult. According to the U.S. Food and Drug Administration, delta-8 has intoxicating effects. The sweets, which were not FDA-approved, were produced by a company based in the United, uh, the U.S. state of California, where cannabis is legal. Jamaica decriminalized the possession of small amounts of cannabis, also known as marijuana, for personal use in 2015. However, Health Minister Christopher Tufton told the Jamaica Star that the government did not allow the import of edibles, con- uh, edibles containing the drug. The incident comes more than a week after around 90, filled, uh, 90 children fell ill in South Africa after eating drug-laced muffins that officials say they had bought from a street vendor. And that's the story. That's the monitors on it. Reporting for High Nine News. What do you think about Delta 8 on the islands, man? Yo, did it, did it say that? I have so. Did I hear you? Did I hear you wrong when it, when it said that the, the, the teacher sold these to the kids? No, 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 no. That you heard no. me wrong. I'm high. <laughs> I'm definitely high today. Bro, that's what she's got to earn. I didn't read that in the article. This is, it, <laughs> this is insane. No, there was a vendor. But I didn't hear you say that. There was a lone vendor. There was a lone okay. vendor. No. The vendor outside of the school, though. But my concern is that these labels, these packaging can come from anywhere. You can buy Mm -hmm. the packaging on Amazon. You can buy it from anybody and actually put whatever you want, whatever edible or whatever flower you want inside of a package that has California printed on it or runts or cookies or whatever. 
Um, I've seen them. I see I see these packaging in Trinidad. I see pictures of it on the chat that I'm on. Like it, this this product gets everywhere. And if it is the actual product, it hasn't gone through testing. <laughs> Nobody knows that that's actually what it is. And so it's dangerous that this type of narrative gets out there because we don't know what was ever in the package actually came from California. Right. Mm-hmm. I want to comment on something here about the packaging and stuff like that. Um, when alcohol and, and tobacco and stuff was, you know, brought up and all that went in, right? You're talking like um, they had these, they had to enact things to make sure people wouldn't, you know, take it out the back. And then they put hefty like times on it. So people had to like, people had, you know, big enforcement and stuff like that, you know? So it's like, that's what we're lacking right now a little bit is the, the lackadaisical approach to this. So you have a risk reward. And so when you have people with no slap on the wrist, you know, being able to do whatever they want, they can print packages however they want, they can do whatever they want. There's no repercussions. And that's what we're hoping for with like the federal approach and some of this other, you know, people coming in is they're going to make, you know, as soon as they make the safe banking and they do all this stuff goes through, right? The next things are going to be like, hey, man, no more bogus packaging. Hey, and if we catch you out the back, then, you know, that's like the Rico thing or something, you know, it's, it'll be it'll they'll, they'll be doing something. But I'll tell you that, what, that's the pack for all of the all the production that's going on. There's no way that it's sustainable with as many retails that are currently open as of today. That's no. just not where we have a New York situation basically I, going I on. Mean, out I mean, yeah. I don't even think the packaging is a real issue. The real yeah. issue is that, like, there's all these hoops to jump through if you're a legal cannabis business. And for anybody that's a hemp business or whatever, they can convert CBD to Delta A and to Delta 9 and sell it um, in where whatever state or whatever country and get it through customs because it's not. THC from cannabis. That's a is, joke, is, right? Whole, Isn't that a joke? It's a joke. That's it's a, a joke. joke. Yeah. It's a joke. It's the it's dumbest thing joke. ever. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's just, what it is, though, is it's the big purge, I feel. You know, like they're doing this on purpose and they know. That's why they're changing it. And then the, who's left after the dust settles? So it's all value in who it is. It's it's like this big corporate consolidation. And they did it with the fishing industry on the East Coast where that one guy went and bought up all the rights for the fishing and the boating. And then you look at the harbor and the guy owns all the boats, all the little fishing tickets, so he gets to catch all the fish. And then you have a monopoly. And then you drive the price back up. This is a play. Like, this is... We, we, what's funny is we knew this was going to happen when in 2017 we were like, oh, we got to last five years. They're going to drive it through the floor and then swoop it all up. And people are going to either age out, get bought out, sell out, whatever. And then we're going to drive it right back up. And that's where we're at right now. You know, there's no yep. it's so this year and I'm going to kind of off subject right now. Mm -hmm. and I'm sorry, but this year is is over is underproduced. You know, we're in drought drought again. And there's nowhere in sight it's going to go through 2024. So it's it's just a weird time, you know, and, and nobody's talking about this. But, yeah, all of the consolidation of the licenses go to, like, old white people, you know? Like, this is just old yep. white people that own these companies. It's old money. You're not seeing family farms no more. You're not seeing the small guy. And it's hard for the small guy to expel that to the people and say, hey, this is who I am. I'm the small guy. You want to support me, you know, to, you know, because the corporate has blurred themselves with craft. And now we have corporate craft and they have this fake wood grain that's hard for people to decipher between who to support and not, you know, and that's just but anyway. Sorry, guys. <laughs> no, nah, you're all good. Yeah. No, you're good, man. You know, you're speaking the gospel, bro. Mm hmm. Sorry. Yes, indeed. 
Yes, Great. indeed. Final, final, final word on this one. Anybody? You got this one, Gretchen? Final word? I'm good. You're good? Gretchen's amazing. We're about to end on time today. 102. <laughs> Let's yeah. go. TikTok, motherfuckers. Yeah. <laughs> mad salute. Mm-hmm. Mad right. salute. Everyone Any in time. Uh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Thank you all for joining us for another episode of High Nine News. You can catch us live weekdays, 9 a.m. Pacific, High Noon on the East Coast. Big shout out to the super fans showing love, getting their comments posted live on the big screen. Our live audience members, online supporters catching us across all media platforms, tuning in each day to the headlines of chaos. We also call the developing cannabis industry to our vetted correspondent team tuning in from all over, bringing us much needed variety of perspective and your respected opinions to the table. Our production team, cloud media partners, House of Fuego, all our sponsors keeping the lights on, AV struggles to a minimum. And of course, the lovely Zsa Simone holding us down on all the other places not here. As always, Cannabis Sativa L, the reason we show up to read these headlines every single day. Thank you, baby girl. It has been Tuesday, October 3rd, 2023. The show's over. You've all been blessed with the top industry headlines. Hope it was enough for you to put in your pipe and smoke at least until tomorrow. I'm Rico Lamid, the dopest dad on the street for Hyatt 9 News. Brandon! Big thank dog. you for joining us today, my brother. Thank you, guys. You want to take us guys. out with a little message for the people? Yeah, man. Um, I think that we're all stronger together. You know, everybody in the cannabis industry is holding firm right now. If you're here, you're left. You're like the last of the last of them standing, last of a dying breed. You know, uh, keep it on. We're on a, a uphill right now. It's uh, it's only climbing. And um, everywhere I go, I keep that thing on me. Can you hear me now? Oh, boy. He's talking about the megaphone. He's talking about his megaphone, just in case anyone's asking. He's talking about the megaphone. <laughs>